0: I'm reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. This is God's holy word. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Thank you. Thank you, Angela, for reading today. There are many times in our life we run headfirst into reality. Some of those are good times. Some of those are tough times. So when we experience the joy of someone very close to us achieving something, achieving some milestone, the joy we feel is very real. And also when we are betrayed by a friend, and we experience the hurt and pain of betrayal. No one who's ever experienced that could argue with whether that's real or not. When we see the fruit of a wise decision or a series of wise decisions, and we look at a life that's lived with a lot of wisdom, it's clear to us this is, this is reality. When we, when we have a close friend or a family member that is dealing with something serious, when we feel our mortality, we don't argue with the fact that that's, that's very real, what we're feeling. When it comes to a point in time where we're dissatisfied, when we're dissatisfied even after getting the exact thing we thought we wanted and it didn't quite deliver what we thought it would, that feeling of dissatisfaction is reality. And by reality, I'm saying we run headfirst sometimes into something and we go, oh, that's how the world works. Or, oh, there is something very real here. And the sooner we grasp reality, the better. I say that because the the, the writers of the Bible aren't they aren't merely interested in giving us a little help with a few relationship skills. The writers of the Bible aren't, like their their top priority is not to improve my self-image issues. The top priority of God's Word isn't to just eliminate some stressors in my life or to give me a, a subtle nudge to give back for, you know, everything that I've been given. The primary purpose of God's word isn't just to press on to some vague higher purpose. Yeah, those things matter, but, but they're not the reason, the reason why we have God's word. We have God's word because God is committed to making sure we know and that we live in the story of reality, what's real, what the world really is, who made it all why we are here, what went wrong, where it's all headed, how are we supposed to live. All those realities are why we have God's Word. There might be a, a million ways to, to start a book like the book of John that we began reading last week. But the way John, the author, chooses to start this book is by immediately putting us in some of the biggest realities of the universe. And he starts off by saying, the reality is this, that Jesus was in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, is the way John 1 begins. And the reality is, Jesus is God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the reality is, that John makes sure we know, the reality is that Jesus made everything. He's the author and source of all life. This is reality. But I love what John does. He doesn't merely leave us, like, in the beginning, in eternity past somewhere, or in, in some invisible realm, but he actually pulls things to earth. And, he, and he, he doesn't let us just take some of these stories as fantasy or sci-fi, some stories about gods or demigods back in the day, and like a cool story with heroes and villains. Actually, what John does in his gospel is he pulls eternity. He starts off in the beginning, but when he comes to verse 6, he's pulling it right to earth. And reality in that story comes to earth at a real point in time in history. So John 1, 6 says, there was a man sent from God and his name was John. So we've got two different individuals named John, the author of this book, and then the author that, that is describing this person here as, as John as well. We know this person described here as John the Baptist. And his story features prominently in the story of Jesus. As a matter of fact, none of the gospel writers tell the story of Jesus without also telling the story of John the Baptist. And so, so John is writing this story and saying, God sent a man with an authorized personal mission. He came as a witness. And when I read about John the Baptist in in really any story in the gospel, sometimes it's so easy. I mean, we live 2,000 years removed from when John the Baptist came. But sometimes I think it's easy to forget that he was speaking to human beings on this planet just like we are. What we're told is when John the Baptist began to give witness, to give testimony, a crowd came around him. And I would imagine as John the Baptist looked in that crowd and looked at individuals in that crowd. Well, I, know, I know it's a different time period, but surely, surely he saw perhaps a, a man that was filled, filled with anxiety, filled, filled with fears, Maybe he looked out and saw another individual that's way, way overcommitted. Maybe he looked at another person and saw someone who was taken advantage of. Maybe as he looked at the crowd that that he talked to, maybe John the Baptist saw a lady, and maybe that lady was cynical as to whether, whether God really is all that good because of all that she's been through. Surely, if John drew a crowd, surely in that crowd there would be someone, someone who had a past they regret, and really little opportunity to change much of that past. So every day they're waking up going, I wish I hadn't, I wish I didn't, but what happens now? Surely as he looked out at a crowd, as he bore witness to who Jesus was, surely he looked at people dealing with loss, maybe, maybe the deepest loss, and, and maybe he, he, he was talking to someone who was dealing with health issues or caring for someone who had deep health issues and Maybe he was talking to someone who is pursuing a dream and said, if I can just get that, then, then everything will be okay. And maybe he's talking to a lady that's living a double life. She can surely talk about God, but there's this also dark side of her life that she wouldn't want anybody to know. When John bears witness to the light, he's talking to people. He's talking to individuals, much like a group here assembled. And God has sent John, according to John 1:7, to be a witness to the light. Do you see that in verse seven? He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. We start the book of John in the beginning, but, but it all culminates here. All of what God has been doing from the beginning is now, is now coming to fruition, and it's getting really, really focused into action at a place in israel and god loves people so much that he sends a person and he sends john the baptist who is bearing witness he's giving testimony that there is a light coming into the world and so this is what this is what i wonder went through john's mind as he is bearing witness saying there's someone coming there's someone coming that's greater than i am as he looks at that person that's filled with anxiety as he looks at that person that's filled with fears? Does he know that the one coming who is the light will be the one that can help that person in their fears, the light who meets us in our anxieties? And our fear doesn't have to consume us or be the defining story of our life. He's talking about the light, the light who will prove to be good all the time, even when those closest to us disappoint. He'll be the light. Even though it looks darkness dark now, even though our life is filled with a desperate situation now, he'll be the light. He's the light who can shoulder the weight of all of our hopes and dreams and ambitions for eternity. And John says the light is coming into the world. He's the light who can deal with regrets and Sins of hypocrisy and sins of rebellion. And so sin doesn't have to condemn us. And it doesn't have to define who we are. Because John says, one's coming who is the light. John had a purpose. John came as a witness to bear witness about the light. And his purpose was this so that everybody might believe, so that all might believe through him how do you move from darkness to light? You hear the words of John and you, you believe. You believe who Jesus is. This is what moves us from, from this life of darkness in which we don't really go a week without feeling like somewhere. It's like darkness is pushing and pressing in on us. And how do we, how do we find that light? We believe in Jesus. We believe the truth about who he is and what he's come to do on this earth. John is giving evidence and giving testimony, saying you, you should and you must trust this light who's coming in the world. John is calling on people everywhere to believe so that all might believe through him. He's calling on the people that are, even today, right now, the people that are so busy that all you can really think about right now is like what your Monday looks like and Tuesday and what this week looks like and what this season looks like and you can't wait to catch your breath. And, and Jesus has come into this world and John says, because Jesus is coming, you need to believe. You need to trust in him. The people who are busy, the people who are cynical, the person that says, you know, I think I've heard it all a million times. What John says is what you need what you need to do is believe. You need to believe in Jesus Christ. But surely there are people who haven't heard it a million times. They've never heard it at all. Maybe that is you. Maybe you, you've come into this place and you say, the things that you were singing about Jesus, I don't know that I've, I've ever really processed those. Jesus as the light of the world. Yeah, I, I think I've gone years without really even thinking about any of that. This is the first time I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking through that a, A human being that was 100% human, 100% God, came into this world. I've I've never really thought about that. What what do I do? What, What do I do about my life that seems to be filled with darkness? And John has a word for you. He is bearing witness to the light so that you might believe. The person who's broken and for all their efforts can't seem to make life work. He's got a message. that is to believe in Jesus for the person who is apparently successful but for all of their success for everybody kind of on the outside looking in says that person has got their act together internally they feel like they're not gaining ground they're actually losing ground John says there's a light that comes into the world his name is Jesus and you must believe in him you must put your faith in who he is and what he's done the people who seem to have nothing to lose, the people who seem to have everything to lose. John has one message for all of us. Believe in Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Do you hear the call today? Do you realize that it's personal? God sent John, and the consistent message of John is clear He's a witness to the light. I find my life, and maybe it's just a stage of life, or maybe it just, it is what it is to stay in time. My life seems to be busy and just moves down the track. And often I'm not paying attention to spiritual things quite as much as I should be. And then I read a passage like John stepping in to what I think is just the rat race of life, just going through, making sure you get everybody where they need to be, make sure you get everything taken care of, and then wake up and do it again. And then John comes into the middle of that, and he says, hold up. Are you paying attention? Because the voice that you're about to hear, this is what John would say, the voice you're about to hear is the true voice you need to listen I don't know what Monday holds. I don't know what the rest of October holds. I don't know what the rest of 2018 or even into 19 holds. But there's a voice calling out to us. We need to listen to him. He is the true light of the world. John steps in and says, the light that he is going to bring to your life is the only true and authentic light. So you can try to figure it out on your own. You can try to, like, get a plan and work your plan. But you need light that comes from outside of you. And that light has come, and he has a name, and it's Jesus Christ. We need to view the world through that light. The life he brings is real. We need to believe. The hope he offers is genuine. We need to follow so, why John could say the true light is coming into the world. And we have a witness. In John the Baptist, And before John is done writing this book, he's going to give us many other witnesses. When it comes to Jesus, the true light coming into the world, what we must know is we either trust in him or we don't. We either believe him Or we don't. I remember growing up and playing games, and even today when we play games as a family, some of the games you play, like when your turn comes along, if you don't like all the options, you can just go, I pass. I'll pass and let another person go. But when it comes to belief in Jesus Christ, no one gets to do that. No one gets to say, you know, I'm not sure. I think I'll pass. Maybe I'll come back to it later. If we think we're passing we're not, we're saying we don't believe. In such a situation, such a decision to like, think we can pass this off is foolish. If we're not engaged in paying attention to what John is saying here, has devastating spiritual consequences, doesn't it? This is what I'd, I'd like for us all To think through, are are we recognizing that because the true light has come into the world, the rest of our days look different? It's interesting, though, as I was putting together the text that we were going to study today and the idea that we're commemorating our 60 years as a church family, I recognized so many parallels between the mission of John, the Baptist, and what our church is here to do. So many, so many points of comparison that I just want us to think through this because I, I recognize John came, but I also, and it's not an I, I identical overlap, but there's so many things that correspond. Just like John, we are witnesses. So just like John was a, a witness saying, Jesus is true. We are adding our voice to it and saying, this is true. We are convinced. We, we see evidence that Jesus died and was buried and is risen and is alive and truly is God and will come back to this earth. We're not meant to play games here. We aren't meant to just get a little bit of religion. We, we actually have a job and we're witnesses. So just like John bore witness to that light, we say, he is the light. Jesus is true. And whether you came to faith as a a child or whether you came to faith as a student or as an adult, you're adding your voice to that of John the Baptist and Christians that have gone before, and you say, I believe that what John said about Jesus is true. We're witnesses. Our church is a witness. And I would also say, just like John, we are not the light. So that's what it says in Scripture. He wasn't the light, but he bore witness to the light We aren't the light, we're not the source and the author of all light. Yeah, we're we're light reflectors, but we're not the origin. It gives us perspective. We're not overestimating our role. The other day when, uh, on Friday, one of my daughters and I were going to breakfast. And as we were going to breakfast, we kind of turned the corner. And it was one of those places where it was just the right angle where the sun was crazy, crazy bright. And, like, you get, like, barely even able to see. And that is such a picture. Because I, I, I thought of this, like, no one is going to say, well, a flashlight is kind of like the sun in all of its power and glory. So while we may be the flashlights, we know, we know we are not the light. Take any individual Christian Take a group of Christians like our gathering here and we have light to shine, but it isn't ours. We aren't the light. We aren't inviting everyone to come to Ogletown where we have expert insight on everything. That's not us. But we do know the true light. We do know he's coming to the world. We believe that the only way to really understand life and really be prepared for death is to have the light that Jesus gives. Our church isn't the light, but we bear witness to the light. And just like John, we give our testimony because we want everyone to believe. We want everyone to believe. That's why we witness. That's why we evangelize. That's why we try to persuade, and we urge, and we clarify, and we explain, and we hope, and we pray, and we love, because we want people to believe in Jesus Christ. If someone is unimpressed with my sports teams, that's quite all right. If someone's unimpressed with my parenting strategies, that's quite fine. If someone doesn't care for a a, a decision that that I make or you make. that That's fine. We can agree to disagree. But, but when it comes to the one who is the true light of the world, this is different. There is only one way, and there is only one truth, and there is only one life. And we want people to believe that, so much so that our attitude is never, well, we just, we just tell people the truth, and they can take it or leave it. That wasn't the attitude of Jesus. That wasn't the attitude of John the Baptist. That's not our attitude what we recognize, the heart of Jesus runs deep, and ours does too. And because I want everyone to believe, it means that I want every single person in this room to believe. It means that it's heartbreaking to know that week after week, there are people that don't yet know Jesus Christ and the light he brings, and yet they may walk out the door, And so today, I just want to encourage you. I want to urge you to respond to the light of the world. I want to urge you to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who went to the cross for sins, and for sinners like us, and paid for our sins. I want to urge you to believe that He rose from the dead, He's alive, and He can bring light into your darkness. I want every person to believe, and I, I, I can't get into your heart and rewire it so that you do believe, but I can urge you to not leave this place before you have bowed the knee to Jesus. He doesn't demand you say perfect words, get every single thing right. It, it, this is not about what that is. It's about will you say, I believe this is true. I am turning from everything else, sin included, and I'm trusting in him. I don't know where he'll take me, but I'm following him. For some of you, you may have done that, but you've just never gone public. You just never told anybody. Well, why don't, why don't you go public? What if today was the day you, you told the first person, you know, all that, I, I believe it. I believe it. I believe in Jesus Christ. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. Any pastor of this church, anybody with a name tag, anybody up front after the service would love, would love to talk with you more about this. Please, please don't leave if this is on your mind and you say, Curtis, that's, I got a few more questions. Well, let's talk. Let's talk because Jesus has come into the world as the light. And church, let us find that same role of John as being witnesses to the light. Can I ask you to bow your head? In a moment, we're going to sing a, a hymn that's a prayer that asks the Lord to be our vision, like the one we see everything through. But for now, can I, can I ask you to take a moment and talk to the light of the world, Jesus Christ, and to pray to him, and I'll lead us in just a moment. Father, I thank you for the clarity in John 1 that pulls back any confusion. I pray that it would be that clear in our hearts today, every person in this room, for the person that has yet to believe this, has yet to go all in in following you, who has yet to tell someone about it. I pray today would mark a distinct change in their life. I thank you for all the good things that you have done and are doing. Father, I, I do pray that our lives would look different because we recognize Jesus is the light of the world. The true light that's come in to this world. And I pray that our church would be witnesses. That our church would point people to the light and our church would, would have a deep heartbeat that everyone might believe. We ask these things not so that Ogletown's name would be great. but We have a deep desire that your name be great should our church be around 60 more years or, or longer. We pray that the testimony of this church will be, we gave glory to the name of Jesus Christ. So we pray it all in his name. Amen.